Matthew 1, 18 through 25, Christ born of Mary. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. You know, the skit shows Joseph, who was to be the guy that adopted Jesus uh, when he was older. But actually, you know, he wasn't that calm when he first heard about Jesus. As you saw, he was a carpenter, and he faced one of those moments that any young man would dread, moments when he was placed in a position of wondering what on earth is going on. See, he was engaged to be married, and he has this moment that would wreck any God-fearing man. It was the moment when his wife Mary came to him and told him that she was pregnant. It was shattering news for him. It was mind-numbing news and a mind-numbing moment. You know what I'm on about because some of you have faced times like that and maybe some of you are facing times like that right now. Similar moments, maybe not exactly the same as Joseph, but the same kind of things happening to you. Earth-shattering moments that suddenly come. I remember John. I remember John coming to me um, uh, just this past year and saying to me, you know, John, um, they've told me that I have cancer. Pastor, I have, I have cancer and, and it's not looking good at all. I have to have radiation and I have to have chemo treatment and it's just not looking good. And I said to him, John, let me pray with you now, but let me tell you this. You will get through this. You will get through this. By God's help, you are going to get through this. 
I, I remember some years ago a 50-year-old lady coming to me and saying, my husband has decided to trade me in for a younger model pastor. And I listened to the whole story, and as I listened with her and wept with her, I said her name and I said, you know, this may be tough and heartbreaking news. And my heart breaks for you right now, but let me tell you, you will get through this. You will get through this. I remember sitting holding my wife's hand. Next to us was a little casket holding our newborn baby's dead body. And weeping and weeping together, I said, Letty, we will get through this. We're heartbroken, but we will get through this. You know, I've sat with many other people who have been looking at the dilemma of a job that they thought was going to be theirs on and on into the future. Now suddenly they are being told that they've been let, let go. I've sat with people who have had major, major, major sad news of family and friends. And I said to them, I have said to them, I know it's hard to see right now. I know you don't understand it right now, but you will get through this. You will come through this. You see, to each of these situations and many others, over my pastoral life, I have said, you'll get through this. It won't be painless and it won't be quick. But you will get through this. See, Joseph, Joseph here was in a place of shock. And like all of us uh, would be, he was trying to think now how he could get through what he was facing. He was trying to get a plan together that would take him through this crazy crisis that he's suddenly placed in by the news that Mary is pregnant. Back then, engagement, when you got engaged, you signed a contract. When you got engaged, it was like being married. When you got engaged, it was a legal thing that happened that tied Joseph to Mary. And the only way that he could get out of it was the equivalent of what we would know today as divorce. So Joseph thought that it would be that just quietly I'll file for divorce I'll give up on any future with Mary and leave her to raise this someone's boy by herself. And some of you, some of you know what I mean because you've been dumped by someone or been like Joseph and felt your plan was the only logical way forward. That it is that you had a plan that it seemed that's the only way forward. It's the only thing that I can do. The only way that I can get out of this is now with this plan that I've got. And it may, you may have come here this morning and stuff has been going on in your life and you feel as if you've got a logical plan. You feel as if you know what you've got to do in order to get through where you're at right now and you've put this plan together. Maybe, maybe someone has done you wrong and you've got a plan to get them back. You've got a plan to get them back. Or maybe you have a plan to seek to end the financial crises you're facing. And it's a little bit risky and 
and, and, and maybe involved in some wrongdoing, but you're desperate, you see, you're desperate with this situation, this financial situation, and, and desperate times needs a desperate plan, so you think. Or maybe you're like Joseph, and your spouse or your intended spouse has let you down. So you're planning on dumping them and moving on. Well, you say, I want happiness. And getting out of this relationship that I'm in is the only way forward. That's my plan. Or maybe, and, and you know, Holy Spirit told me that either in first service or in this service, there would be someone that was in the place where you've become so desperate. Where it is the situation has been so out of control that things have gone wrong in so many, many ways. For you, there's no other way but to end your life. You feel that's the best thing that I can do for my family. That's the best thing I can do for society. I, I'll just do it. I had one guy come to me and he says, Pastor, I come to talk to you. When I leave you, I, I'm going out to the woods. I've got a gun in my car and I'm going to blow my head off. It's the best thing that I can do for my family and the best thing for society. I said, it's the most selfish thing that you'll ever do in your life. I said, it's selfish. You're going to leave a 14-year-old girl that's going to say, my dad blew his brains out. What on earth are you doing? Oh, good. Came out of that. I'll tell you it maybe later. But the fact is, he got to a place of such desperation. Ending his life seems to be the best way out. These thoughts run through maybe your mind. You're trying to work out what to do. You're trying to get through. You're trying to make your way through. While Joseph was there, he was in that kind of place. When suddenly something happened that can only be described as a divine encounter. Look at verse 20. Nicole read it so well for us. It says in verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Now, wherever you read of angels appearing in the Bible, Old or New Testament, wherever angels appeared, the first words out of their mouth is, Do not be afraid. Now, I, I, I want you to know that if an, an angel appeared to me, um, I would want those words to be said too because I would be a little shocked and a little afraid. And, um, and, and by the appearance of an angel, there may be a stain on the back of my pants. I don't know, but the fact is, I would need the don't be afraid words. It marked the moment when God was stepping into Joseph's situation. It marked the moment when God was stepping in on his story. Don't be afraid. And it marked a change in Joseph's life and in his thinking. It marked the moment when God came and was stepping right into his story. And God has you here today. You're not here because you're visiting friends over Thanksgiving. You're not in church because of that reason. 
You're not here this morning just by accident. You are here because God wants to encounter you this morning. He has come with a divine encounter into your life. Uh, and, And the words, don't be afraid, are very, very important. You see, God wants to step right into your life and into your story. He he wants now to come in to where you're at. He wants today to be marked by the fact that he stepped in and changed the direction of your life. You see, the angel told Joseph he was to become the earthly father of Jesus. This angel came and he basically told Jesus, "You you are chosen for a divine encounter with the Emmanuel, with Jesus. The angel told him, don't worry, Mary has not been unfaithful to you. She is carrying that long-awaited Messiah. She is carrying the one that Israel has been waiting for, the one that the prophets talked about. She is carrying the one who would be the Savior of the world, and Holy Spirit has placed him in her womb. She's not been unfaithful to you, Joseph. Joseph, what you're about to go through, it will not be easy and there will be some tough, hard times, but you will get through this. And the blessing will be eternal for you and billions of people to come. It says, Joseph, you're not only going to come through this, but there will be blessing on your life and there will be blessing on billions of people who will come to know the son that is born out of Mary's womb. I'm here to tell you, to tell someone in this room this morning, you're chosen by God for a divine encounter with Jesus today. Not here by chance, as I said. Jesus wants to forgive your past and he wants to lead you into a brand new future. I can't promise you that life will be easy. I can't say that there's not going to be tough times that are going to come along at times that you'll find hard to understand. But God has chosen you. He has chosen that you would be here this morning. He has chosen to have an encounter with you. But you know, Joseph had to make a choice. The choice was, do I carry on with my plan or do I give myself over to God's plan? Do I carry on doing what I think I should do or do I do what God wants me to do? Should I go in the direction I want to go or should I go in God's direction? And he had to make a choice. Will I continue my way or will I choose God's way? And you have to make a choice this morning. Because although God has chosen to bless you and to forgive you and to give you a brand new start, this God never forces himself into anyone's life. This God now waits for you to open your arms and open your heart and welcome him in. It is that this God says, I've got a way that is better than your way. I've got a plan that's better than your plan. And you can either decide to go your way or you can go my way. And God gives us the choice. Well, the story is that Joseph chose God's way. And he marries Mary and the rest, of course, is history. 
He adopts this baby Jesus and he raises him as his own. He even gets the privilege of naming him Jesus. He was the first one to let the world know that his name would be called Jesus. It is that not much is recorded about Joseph after uh, raising Jesus as he did. In fact, the thought is that he may have died prior to Jesus going into his earthly ministry. In the, in the 20s uh, age bracket of Jesus, it is thought that Joseph may have died. But the fact is his role in the story is legend. His role in the story, I want to tell you, will not only be legend on earth, it will be rewarded in heaven. You see, he reached a moment where he could choose his way or God's way, and he chose God's way. And for everyone here, you are going to reach moments where where it will be you will choose God's way or your own way. Whether you're a non-Christian or a Christian, I want to tell you, you're going to hit those moments where you have to decide, am I going God's way or am I going my way? I call them but God moments. Moments that could have been disastrous, but God Moments that could have been tragic, but God. Moments that could have been devastating for me and my family, but God. There are moments where God stepped in on situations. God stepped in on moments. God changed the direction. God caused me to walk in a way that was better than my way. But God. See, we'll all face them. I'm not here to prophesy gloom and doom over any of you that are here this morning, but I'm telling you, I know you will face moments in life when you feel, I'm not going to get through this. I want, you to show you, I want to show you what Joseph and many other followers of Jesus have done in these but God moments. Moments when without God they would not have got through. And so um, I'm going to go through four things. I don't know whether they gave you out the, the card. Uh, if you didn't get it on the way in, they'll give it to you on the way out with the four points that I want to cover very quickly. I'm not going to keep you long here. I, I want to give you four points that will help you through these moments that come, these trials that come, these sadnesses that come, these sicknesses that come. I want to give you four things this morning that you could take with you that will be with you for the rest of your life and will enable you to face anything that comes along. You'll understand that God has invaded your life for purpose and destiny. So, so the, the, this, these are the four things that I put into my own life that I pull into effect when I'm facing stuff that's tough, when I'm facing difficult times, when I'm facing times where it seems that all hell is broken loose against me. Four things that I do, friends, that cause me to come through because I want to tell you something, you can come through this. The first thing is this, you have to claim, lay claim to the nearness of God. You know, this Christmas and into next year of your life, you will never be where God is not. You have to lay claim to the nearness of God. You are never going to be in a place, you're never going to be in a situation where God isn't there. It's the promise of the Word of God. It's all through the Scriptures. 
If you're a Christian, you claim the promises of God. For instance, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. And the Lord, and the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear and be dismayed. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's everywhere, friends. He's never gone. He's always here. He's never departed. He's always here. He said in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And if you look at that in the original language, it's words like never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never, no, never. Never will I leave you or forsake you. I will be with you. You're never going to be where God is not. When you go through tough times and you begin to think that God has deserted me. When you think I'm all on my own because God has left me. It's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. It cannot be. It can never be that God has deserted you and that God has left you. I want to tell you, you've got to hold on to the scriptures. Hey, listen, in tough times... You must let God's word trump your emotions. Hey, hey, that's good. That'll tweet. I'm going to say that again because it's really good. Hey, in tough times, in tough times, it is that God's word, God's word will trump your emotions. You don't hold on to your emotions. You don't, you don't rely on your emotions. They will come and go. But I want to tell you, he will remain the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He cannot change. And God's word will trump your emotions. See, God, God is near whether you feel him or not. You get to the place of allowing your thinking to go that God is not with you. And I want to tell you that's the beginning of the spiral downward into despair and depression. And all sorts of other stuff will break loose against you. You can't allow your mind to go in that direction. You have to cling on to the truth of the word of God. That God is everywhere. He's not gone. He is with me. Say this with me, whether I feel it or not, God is with me. Now you can do better than that. How many have proven this? When I've been feeling that he's not around, he's been there. All right, come on, shout it out. Whether I feel it or not, God is with me. One more time. Whether I feel it or not, God is with me. One more time. Whether I feel it or not, God is with me. Hey, listen, friends. When you're going through it, when you're facing times where the devil's saying God isn't with you, when you're facing times that you feel God is a million miles away, you begin to shout and you begin to say, whether I feel it or not, God is with me. 
Hallelujah. Here's number two. Rely on the character of God. You know, Max Licardo tells a story of a man named J.J. Jasper. Who had a te- he had to tell his family that his um, three-year-old had been in a tragic, tragic accident and had been killed. And Lucado, he said, I asked him, I asked him, how on earth did you tell your family? And J.J. said, well, I gathered the family around and I said, I have some real bad news, real bad news. But before I tell you, I want you to tell me everything you know about what is good and true about God. And he said, for the next 10 or 15 minutes, they listed off truth about the character of God. When we face tough times, we must think of what is good and true about God. You see, the reason that tough times are tough is because we don't like change. And tough times bring change. But when tough times come and bring change with them, we've got to cling on to Him who can never change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the fact is that um, since I read... About J.J. Jasper, I, I've, I've now got a card that's on my desk at home that I've, list, uh, I've made a list of things that I pull out and read when I'm facing tough times. Times when I need to know what is good and true about God. These are some of the things that I've written on my list. You can make up your own list Uh, One thing that I I put is this. No matter what happens, heaven is still only a heartbeat away. Oh, yes, friends. If the worst happens to us, we're with the Lord. And and, and those who have gone on before us, they're only a heartbeat away from us. The fact is, friends, that they're in a far better place, but they're only a heartbeat away. The minute your heart stops beating, you'll be with the Lord if you know Jesus. And so, this is that I can rely on about the character of God, that no matter what happens, heaven is still only a heartbeat away. Not only that, the grave, the grave is temporary housing. Heaven is our home. All right, we're, we're on the way to heaven. Hey, listen, this is another thing that I've wrote. God is still good. Things may be bad, but God is still good. Things may be going haywire. God is still good. And another thing that I've written is this. God is still faithful. He is a faithful God. And another thing that I wrote was this. God is never caught off guard. God is never caught in a place of shock. Here's another thing that I've written. That he works everything together for my good. And listen to this old guy speaking, friends. I want to tell you that is absolutely true. Even the tough times, the rough times, the heartbreaking times. He works all things together for my good. He's a good God. He uses tragedy to accomplish his will. And the last thing I put on the bottom is this. 
Sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I need, to, I need you to make your list out when tough time come and pull it out and remember that God is always good and He's always true. He never changes. His character remains firm. He's not changed His mind about you. He can't change His mind about you. He remains true. Here's number three. Pray your pain out. Pray your pain out. When you're going through tough times, it's not a time to stop praying. It's not a time to just pray nice little prayers. It's a time where you can shout at God if you need to. Pray your pain out. Let God know you're upset. Let Him know that you're disappointed with what's going on. You know, when Joseph was in his moment, this tough time moment, he was in what I call a faith shock. And when we're going through tough times, we're going through difficulties and pain and sorrow and sickness and other things that invade, we now get to a place of a faith shock. See, see, when we signed up to be a Christian, we thought, didn't we, that nothing goes wrong for Christians. We thought, well, I'm a good Christian. God won't allow that. Or God will stop that. But I have to tell you that there is no contract that we signed when we became Christians to say there wouldn't be tough times. There's no contract that we looked at and that God signed off on that says you won't go through pain or sorrow, that you won't go through suffering, that you won't go through heartache. There's nothing written about Christians not going through this stuff. He never signs that kind of contract. When we're going through tough times, it's time for us to have a deep and heartfelt conversation with God. Tell Him how you feel. Tell Him that you feel let down. Tell Him that there is an absence of peace in your mind. Hey, listen, friends. It's better to shake your fist at God than to turn away from Him. Pray your pain out. Tell Him what's on your heart. Don't bottle up your tears. He's saying don't bottle it up. Don't drive it down. Don't press it down. Don't feel that you've got to be hyper-spiritual and not weep. Don't pray. Don't be in the place where you feel that you've got to be some kind of uh, Superman Christian. And so you're not going to show your pain and you're not going to show your sorrow and you're not going to show what you're going through. God says, when you talk to me, I want you to be real. I want you to be vulnerable. And even if you shout in my face, I can take it. And listen, listen, I'll never turn away. I'll never walk away. I'll never turn away from you. Even though you shout in my face, I will stand strong at your side. And I'll listen to everything you've got to say. And I'll show you a way through. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Here's the fourth thing and the final thing. Lean on God's people. See... When we go through tough times, we want to isolate ourselves. 
we want to cut ourselves off. If they feel that way, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. If it's going to be like that, I'm not going to be around. If it is, and we begin to isolate ourselves. And believe me, it's the last thing you should do. The last thing you should do. The reason that God puts us into families. The, the book of Psalms says that, that it is that God places, he places the lonely into families. It, it is that this is the family of God. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. We're not a perfect church. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm just pricking your bubble here this morning, but I have to tell you, this is not a perfect church. In fact, it's way from perfect. I want to tell you, we let each other down. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. We put the wrong people into place according to some people. It is that we do this and we do that. Hey, friends, uh, guilty, guilty. We do all of that because we are human trying to do God's work with his help. And we make mistakes at times. And we don't do things right at times. And we get tired at times. And we get irritable at times. And, we, uh, and all the rest of the stuff that goes into belonging to a family. And this is is the family of God. But I want to tell you, there's no other family that I'd want to be in other than Riverside Community Church right in the mess of life. I want to tell you, any church worth its salt, it's a messy church. Somebody told me that the, the Baptists are going to be the first to heaven. They told me, told me out there in between services, and I said, what do you mean by that? Well, he says, the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. I don't know what's meant by that. But if you're a Baptist here this morning, forgive me, it's a joke. I love you really. I believe that there are people put into the family of God that are put there to help us to get through tough times. I, 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 believe, I believe that together we, we can see each other through the tough times of life when, when we want to isolate ourselves. You know, many years ago I had a breakdown, a major breakdown. I remember crouching in the corner of my kitchen and, and just being tucked up into a ball there and saying, stop the world, I want to get off. Oh, I was a pastor. I, I, I was pastoring quite a big church. But at that moment, I wanted to isolate myself. I didn't want to be around anyone. But God spoke to me. He said, I want you to go to church. It's the first Sunday after the breakdown. I said, I don't want to go. He said, I want you to go. So I determined that I would make an effort and still go to church. But I said this to God. If I go, I'm not going to say a lie. I'm going to say the truth. He said, well, you're not going to preach. I'm not letting you preach. I, I said, you know, but, but if anyone comes up to me, I'm going to tell them the truth. So I mean, I pulled into the parking lot. I got out of the car and I was walking away from the car and someone came up to me and asked me, how are you feeling? And I said to them, I feel terrible. 
And I'm dragging myself into this building right now. That's how I'm feeling. Pray for me. And they looked shocked. They were expecting the usual super spiritual kind of answer. How are you feeling? I'm good in the Lord Jesus. No, 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 I wasn't having any of that. I wasn't feeling good in the Lord Jesus. I was feeling miserable, down, and depressed. I was in a place where I wanted to be isolated, and I was just forcing myself to be in amongst the people of God. And I want to tell you, friends, something happened because about 30 people came up to me, and I told them exactly the same thing. But not only did I get the 30 people praying for me, but when they had finished gossiping, and telling everybody else about the pastor. I had hundreds and hundreds of people praying for me, and they brought me through my tough time. I want to tell you, they prayed me through the tough time. I don't thank God for gossips very often, but I did back then. I didn't mind them getting other people praying for me. I didn't mind them. You know, people who are gossips, they'll they'll paint it in a spiritual way way, you know, they say, I'm not gossiping, but I'd like you to pray about something. And they're really, they're gossiping. All right. But, but the thing is this, I was glad. And I want to tell you, it was the people of God that got me through. It was the people of God that got around me. It was the people of God that loved me. It was the family of God that came together. When you're going through tough times, don't isolate yourselves. Don't say, if they're going to talk to me like that, I'm not going. If they're going to deal with me like that, I'm not going. If they're going to do, if they're going, if they, if they, if they. Hey, listen, you've got to battle through that and say, no, I'm going through a tough time. I'm getting with the people of God. I'm going to go where my strength is. I'm going to go where the people of God will get around me. And they lift me up in prayer. Riverside is not, is not all that it should be. But I want to tell you, it's the place to be when you're going through tough times. You know, I talked to you about John at the beginning. You know, I told you that he came to me and said, I've got cancer. It's not looking good. Well, I have to tell you that John came to me two weeks ago down at the front here. And he said, Pastor, I've just had news. My cancer is totally gone. Isn't that amazing? In fact, in fact, he, he, he was in first service. I got him to stand and he was rejoicing in the Lord and magnifying the Lord. He has come through this. And that lady, that lady with the husband who said, I'm going to treat her in for a younger model. I want to tell you, he, he got broke in on his life. He didn't do that. They remain together. They've been together for a further 10 or 15 years. And, the, and grandkids have come out of that relationship now. They've never been happier in their lives. They, she thought it was all over. But I said, you'll come through this. And she's come through it. And let me tell you. Letty and I got a young man now. <laughs> we have a young man now waiting for us in heaven because our baby went to heaven ahead of us. I want to tell you, he's, he's going to be there with the welcoming party with Jesus when we get to heaven. Not only that, but I've got three other kids and I've got seven grandkids as well. You will come through this. 
and I've had others who were worried about the loss of the job and they lost their job but it opened up a far better future for them they, they found that God made a way where there was no way they made their plan the plan of God they wanted to go the way that God wanted them to go they followed in the steps of Jesus hey, let me ask you this morning just as a testimony to others who are around you if you can say John I've been through some tough times, but I laid claim to the nearness of God. I've been through tough times, but I relied on the character of God. He's a good, good father. I've been through tough times, but I prayed my pain out. Oh, John, you better know it. I did shout at God. Oh, you've been. And John, I've leaned on the family of God, and they've come through for me. I've leaned on the family of God and they've put their arms around me. They've loved me through it. If you can say, yeah, yeah, I've come through. I've come through stuff that I never thought I'd come through because I chose the plan of God. Now, if that's you, stand up right now. You say, that's me. I chose the plan of God. I chose it over my plan and my way. Now, now, you may be here this morning, you're saying, John, I've never chosen Jesus to be my Savior. Well, I know that God has chosen me and He wants me, but I've never allowed Him into my life. If that's you right now, I'm looking out, and you say, I want to I receive Jesus into my life this morning. I can't say that I'm walking with Jesus, but I want to walk with Jesus from today. I want to surrender my life to Jesus right now. If that's you, just put your hand up. You say, I want to get my life right with Jesus. Yes, I see your hand. Anyone else? Looking up in the balcony right now. Is there anyone you say, I want to get my life right with God? I want to pray with you. That's all I want to do. Yes, I see you at the back there. I see you down here. God bless you. I see you in the corner. Is there anyone else? So I want to get my life right with Jesus. I'm going to ask you who have raised your hand to do an incredible, incredible thing. And it's this. I want you to have the courage now. Because Jesus went to the cross for you. This isn't too much to ask you. If you raise your hand, come right down and meet me at the front right now. If you raise your hand, come right down. Don't wait. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm so proud of you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to sing a song here. And, and this song says, Come to the altar. And this morning, these people have obeyed that. They've come right up to the altar. Now, now you, you've not left it too late. If you say, I should have done that, I should have raised my hand, I should have gone to the front, you've not left it too late. As they begin singing this song, I want you to come. I want you to come, all right? If you're saying, I want to get my life right with God, I know I'm not walking with Jesus, I want to walk with Jesus from today, then you please come. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
God bless you. Proud of you. So let's sing the song. If you want to come. Can you guys come around here? I'm going to talk to you. But I'm going to talk to these while you sing. Is that all right? Are you all right with that? All right.
come in desperate, desperate situations. But I want you to know God is going to be with them. God is going to help them. He'll prove himself to to them like he's proved himself to us. He is the unchanging God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a mighty Savior. Hallelujah. Now, friends, very quickly, we're going to come to this Thanksgiving meal made up of a piece of wafer and some fruit juice. But it means the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't turn into the body and blood of Jesus, but it represents the body and blood of Jesus. And it says as we take the bread and we take the cup, Jesus, the day I gave my life to you, the day I surrendered my life to you, it wasn't a joke, Jesus, it was real. And Jesus, I've proven that you've been with me through the tough times. You've heard me pray my pain out many times. I want you to know this morning, I'm glad that I am your child. And I'm glad to be a part of the family of God. Now it's going to take time. We want you to just come up, take a piece of bread and a cup. You can either kneel at the altar or go back to your seat. And then after you have eaten the bread and drink the, drank the, uh, the fruit juice, just pass your cups to the end of the row and they'll come and collect them in, all right? But, but just begin to come now. I, and don't leave, don't leave. Don't forget, after this, we're going to take a dollar offering, all right? To bless people at Christmas. So don't be going out here. You've got plenty of time. We're early yet. So just begin to come and take the bread and the wine. Father, let your blessing be upon this bread and this cup. And let people now make a fresh commitment to follow you for the rest of their day. In Jesus' name.